Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace Veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good Saturday afternoon, and welcome back to Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources and community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. As I said, I'm the host of the show, uh, founding partner of Samurai Business Group. We offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At the Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales and boy, I'll tell you, I'm excited today. We've got a great guest on uh, up from Minnesota. So uh, I know that he's uh, enjoying the summer coming up there. But I'd like to introduce you to Tom Dodds. He is the founder and lead consultant of Tom's Thomas Dodds Consulting. And uh, he also has another company called uh, Bl- Sash, Slash Blue. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And how that led him into the consulting business he has. But welcome, Tom. Thanks, Bob. It's such a privilege to be here. It's a great day. Hey, you know what? Uh, one of the things that intrigued me uh, that you wrote us and shared with us in your interview uh, questionnaire was uh, a quote. Uh, I'm assuming this is one of your favorite quotes uh, from Matthew twenty five twenty three. Why don't you share that with a, with our audience and tell us why that was a one that you liked? Does that to do with sure well thing. done? Yes. Yep. Well done, good and faithful servant, Jesus says in the parable of the talents. And I think we all want to hear that uh, when we're done with our days. Uh, He says, you've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And I love that picture because it, it puts in clarity for me the reason that I've been given everything that I've been given and the reason in business that I can I can steward what I have. Uh, for God's glory and God's kingdom purposes and not my own. So if I'm faithful to what he's called me to do and to trade urgently in the marketplace for his purposes, working for his purposes, I get to receive joy everlasting from my master Jesus. And that is worth working for. Yeah. You know, and and I, I found it rather interesting is, as I read through the material that you gave us and everything, uh, that there was really quite an epiphany for you this. And we're going to get into that. But folks, I want to tell you what you're going to have some takeaways of today. Uh, Tom's going to share with us how to be faithful to God's kingdom purposes for your business by creating a simple model of stewardship for purpose, people, and profits. He's going to share that with us. Why most companies' visions are not clear enough for your staff to make decisions the way to do. And then gain confidence to lead without fear for maximum joy. But, you know, Tom, you had a couple of things that I wanted to get into a little bit here in this first segment. And it was, uh, first of all, uh, kind of a personal testimony, a little bit of, you know, where, who are you? Where are you come from? Did you come out of bouncing baby Christian boy or was there a little bit more to that? <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, I, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, privileged to do so. And, and uh, the Lord called me to himself shortly after college uh, when my grandfather um, uh, his his life came in clear view before me, and so, um, you know, the the Lord had um, had 
really called me to see that that I was trying to be good my own way, and I wanted to uh, do things my way, and I wanted to get the glory from it and not him. And so it kind of fails a lot of the tests in the Bible. And really, it's what Satan wanted to do was to pursue his own way. And so I had to repent of that and turn to the Lord and ask for his forgiveness for that. And um, I started following him more diligently each and every day, obeying his commands and following the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Of course, you know, Tom, you're the first one we've ever heard that from, you know. Of course. It's, <laughs> it's, it sounds similar, but it's, it's a unique story for each one of us, and he has to yeah. do that good work. Yeah, it sure is. So, uh, what again, when you made that turn on that to kind of realize that, that was how, how, how old were you, and how far along were you in your career? Well, I was, I was a few years into my career at that point, and I was probably 25, 26 and uh-huh. um, had, had been in software. And I had had this aim that I wanted to be financially independent. I always always had this mind toward uh, sustainable profits and looking toward the future and how, how I could create a, a model or machine to do that. But until Christ saved me, it was all for my own benefit and not his and not working for him. So about around 25 is when you kind of got that epiphany that you had to start working for the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that was through your grandfather, or what made that happen? Well, it, it kind of went through several stages for me. Um, and initially, I, I knew that my life had to orient around that. You start to read in scriptures, and you put to death some of the sins you've got. Um, I had to, I had to do that, just like every Christian does, and was faced with that. And then in in two thousand two, I got married, and in two thousand three, um, lost my job after nine eleven, and um, I developed some arm issues. I couldn't do programming anymore. So I kind of moved into manage management and, and then that position was eliminated. Um, and I, I ended up starting my own company called slash blue at that time. And I knew that there had to be a better way than burning people out, than uh, pressing them so hard that they developed health issues and, and weren't taken care of when there was a downturn. It just really was a difficult thing to go through for me. And I thought there's got to be a better way to start a company, sustain a company with sustainable profits, make a difference in people's lives and do so that, that honored God as well. And so, so that actually, really started me on that journey. Yeah. Slash blue is kind of the, uh, kind of the lab test for you to be able to come to the point of Thomas uh, consulting, right? <laughs> Thomas it, Dodd's consulting. It all works together. Yep. The Lord has matured me and in that, and also the trial and error has, has allowed me to figure out what what works really well in business too. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and folks, you're going to have to stay tuned because uh, Tom has got a special gift he's going to give away. So you're going to have to come back in our next segment for me to let you know what that's going to be. Okay, but you know uh, what I also like with of what I read here was um, Tom. You talked about that uh, situation with your grandfather passing away and at the funeral and what was what was uh, important about that for you? Well, uh, when I was, fa- I was faced with the question, what did he live for? I kept thinking about that uh, as he was, as he was, uh, as I was sitting at his funeral. And a couple of weeks before uh, he died, he gave me the cost of discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he'd always been asking me, you know, how's your public speaking, Tom? And it was his way of saying, I think you're going to be a pastor someday. And he, he was right. <laughs> I was <laughs> running away from that. But I, I asked, what is the meaning of life, his life? What did he live for? And it was clear to me as people walked by and told me of the impact he had on their lives, that he had met with them. He had cried with them. He had prayed with them. He had proclaimed the word of God to them in the most difficult moments of their lives. 
and poured out his life for their sake, like Christ had done. And the result was that God got the glory for my grandfather's life. It wasn't for himself. It was for the glory of God um, through Christ Jesus. And it was only in his- What a great example, boy. I'll tell you, that is huge, right? Because again, it manifests itself right there in that particular tough situation, right? Losing your grandfather. And then hearing all those testimonies coming up about what he did for other people's lives, right? That's right. That's right. And so that's when it kind of came together for you as you started to realize, uh, you know, what, what am I here for? What's my purpose or what am I doing? Well, for, for, yeah, it really, it, uh, it causes you to look at yourself and say, I'm going to die one day as well. Sure. It was in his death that I was faced with the weighing the cost of discipleship. Was I going to give my life up, uh, to Jesus and die for him, to him, uh, with him in his death, uh, by proclaiming him, uh, and being baptized, was I going to follow that path? Um, and, and I, Jesus overwhelmed me by his grace and his love and compelled me to believe that Jesus is worth it. And I find the same thing with business leaders. A lot of times you can ask them the question, what's it going to be like when you retire? What's faithful? It's not about the prophets. It's who I impacted as people. What's it going to be like when you die at your funeral? It's not about all the things and stuff I accumulated. It's about my relationship with my heavenly father and my creator. And so those questions tend to quicken everybody. And I was faced with that with my grandfather. And I'm really grateful that the Lord overwhelmed me in that moment and helped me to see more clearly everything my grandfather stood for and everything he proclaimed in the word of God and his life. Yeah, that, that is profound. You got a favorite story about your grandfather and, and uh, in the remaining minute here? That's a great question. Um, I think that's one of them. But, um, you know, I loved that he was he was a, a Swede. He was an Augustana Swede. And so they believed the Bible was true. They did everything in Swedish, Swedish hymns. And, and I love that legacy and that history. And at the same time, he was very pietistic Swede. And so the uh, very Minnesota culture uh, and uh, being being passive and getting things and two things in an indirect manner, mitigated speech. He would always be asking me, so Tom, how's your public speaking? <laughs> it, was, it was his way of asking, asking me and telling me that he thought I'd be a pastor. So he'd kind of give me these nudges. You know, you really, you seem to warm up to God when I talk about, about the Lord. And even when I was young, I would respond in that way. I would, I was interested in the things of the faith. I was interested in, um, uh, in, in the Lord and, uh, but I wasn't following him. Yeah. My grandfather would always, always nudge me in that way, kind of a passive way. He'd never say, well, I think you'd be a great preacher. I think you should pursue that. It was always in a much more mitigated speech. And so I love the way my grandfather witnessed by his quiet life. And then he also did proclaim the gospel to me something. Wow. That is terrific, man. I mean, he walked it, right? And I think that's one of the themes that you want to get across is you got to walk the talk, right? That's right. (laughs) Well, listen, folks, we're going to come back again here in the next segment with Tom. And I got to tease you because the simple fact is you're going to have to come back to find out what this fabulous uh, uh, giveaway is going to be from Tom. But I want you to go out and check out faithmarketplace.com. We've got a new site. I'd like to get some feedback from you. we got resources out there. So check out faithmarketplace.com. And uh, again, we're here every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock on AM 1160 right here in Chicago. But we're going to be right back with my special guest, Tom Dodds of Thomas Dodds Consulting, and also 
slash blue. We'll get into that in this next segment. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, guest, guest Tom Dodds of Thomas Dodds Consulting. And also, we talked a little bit in that last segment about how this all started. It was a company that he firmed himself when he was around 25 called Slash Blue. So, Tom, let's get into that Slash Blue thing, because you have had that for a long time, since 2003, I think you said, right, when you founded that? Yep, yep. I started the company when I was uh, 31. So, uh, yep, I started in 2003. I was out of a job, and I knew there was a better way to build business that would honor God, that would care for people, and that would make a consistent profit. And so I started started the business out and um, started to find my way in that, uh, pursued technology services, managed services, technology consulting, and we uh, and placing chief technology officers into companies. And in 2006, um, I, I lost my key employee uh, because he didn't line up with the principles. He was lying and fabricating his time card. And so mm. where, where I had had some core values like integrity and love for others and professed those, I didn't actually test them as we went. I'd kind of say, this is what we want to do, right? And everyone nods their heads. And I realized I need to have these principles defined in such a way where I'm not just telling people, but I'm able to test them. And they've got to be clear enough where I can test them via behavior and words. And then 2008, the recession hits, and I realized I didn't have a consistent profit engine. You know, the the tide goes out and all the... And, and the boats kind of all, all uh, the ones that are close to shore, they go ground. Yeah. Uh, and so I figured out that there were a number of areas in the business that weren't consistently generating profit. I needed to define the boundaries and the operating conditions of how we made money, which customers were most profitable, which ones we could serve the best. And in 2010, we were burnt out from the recovery. I'd focused so much on performance management and uh, getting the goals clearly before people, everyone was putting in more and more time in order to hit the goals. And I said, wait a minute, I've got to have a mitigating factor against this because if if we're only focused on profit, if everything in front of us is make more profit, well, the option is make more profit without mitigating right. against what's the benefit to my employees? Are we meeting the promise that we give to our customers? Are we treating our vendors and our suppliers with the same values that we profess for everyone else? And I realized we had to start doing that. And in 2013, I thought there's got to be a much more intentional way. I was personally witnessing to Jesus, of, about Jesus to my customers as I had opportunity and to my, my staff, but I want to engage them in it. And so in 2013, I started to frame the company around um, a mission uh, in the marketplace to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in 2013, my clients started approaching me saying, how do you build a company like this? Your company, mm. your people care more. You sacrifice when it doesn't benefit you. You're able to tell about the love of Jesus, and we actually see it in you. How do you create that culture? So I poured into saying, I poured into that. Um, how, how am I going to help them with this? And I, I showed them what I've been doing, and create a framework to do that. So, you know, I, I poured into researching the Bible. How can I glorify God? It can be a confusing thing. But when you see, like, just like your banner verse over your ministry, let your light shine before others from Matthew 16, so that they may see your good works and give right. glory to your Father who's in heaven. That means that there must be some way in which we work that others will see and acknowledge God at work in me. How will yeah. they know unless I tell them? 
Right. To glorify means to make glorious, to show God for who he is. So Christians ought to do that and to do that in such a way where others will see the Lord. You know, Tom, I, I, I'm just getting chills at hearing you talk, but you had a good decade there from 03 to 13. So there was a 10-year period there where you started to realize, hey, uh, there's something that's out of alignment here. And you start rejiggering and realigning the company through that process. Now, and you, 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 you did, when did you really start to feel that business was a ministry for you? Well, I knew that um, starting off that it was that was the case in terms of what the Lord was calling me to personally. But then over time, like you said, there's uh, the more that I studied scripture, the more that I saw how God worked in the world. And that as you know, the, the parable of talents was a big one for me. Well, right. done, good and faithful servant. And that fits right in with the theme of the whole gospel of Matthew, where Matthew is aiming for us to be disciples, be faithful disciples and to make disciples the Great Commission, and yep. work for God's kingdom purposes, which is he's building his church. He wants mm -hmm. us to make disciples. And so that that those truths came home to me as I read the Bible more and more and started to incorporate more of it into the business, not just me as a personal witness, having integrity in my business dealings, but moving from integrity to professing and proclaiming the gospel personally to then building it into the culture uh, in the last decade. Yeah, no, that's that's a tough one. <clears throat> I want to stop you there on this culture piece because, first of all, uh, uh, not everyone in your, in your company is a Christian, I'm assuming, right? I mean, you can't just hire Christians, right? You can't just hire Christians by law. Right. And you, you can make, but you can make a workplace compelling enough that Christians are attracted to it who right. are serious about gospel purposes. Yeah, that's what I was, I was wondering about is to did all the employees buy in as you started making this turn and you really started, you know, laying down some of these values and trying to get alignment there with your integrity and the, the values that you had through, you know, your Christian upbringing and they start revealing themselves a lot more to you as you got into it. So how, you know, because I've had this question asked in, in of myself and also of other people I've asked, how do you help your, your, your company then the culture molding and shaping that culture? Well, it starts um, with um, a business model. I mean, the way to make lasting impact for God's kingdom purpose, to create a Christ-like culture and consistent profits is to be faithful to every stakeholder, which is employees as well, but including including God. And the way to be faithful in that is to create a model of, of the sequence and structure of what you do to get the results for each stakeholder. And that, that builds a unique uh, business model that I, I call the meaningful momentum model. But it's really, mm -hmm. it answers the question of why do you do what you do, for whom, how do you do it, when do you do it, and for how much? Yeah, and when that's you great. answer those questions, you can yep. make it, and the, the employees can see every aspect of the model, not just, not just this is a good place to work, but they're contributing to all of those. And the more boxes that are checked for them, the more likely they are to come, the more likely they are to stay, and the more likely you are to have meaningful momentum. And so some yeah. of my employees, they would, they would be inspired by the customer promise at Slash mm. Blue of saving time, reducing frustration, increasing joy with technology. Uh, but some of them were not as excited about um, seeing people know the gospel of Jesus Christ and proclaiming the gospel. Right. But all of them could get on board with the core principles that we had uh, that, that are also derived from a Christian worldview. Do you have any uh, any employees uh, uh, stories at all you could share with us as to how somebody made that turn that was maybe a little bit uh, not 
seeing it, but then all of a sudden they got they got a hold of it. Oh, I think uh, there's one one faithful longtime employee who's um, you know would do would do the work faithfully, would pray for others, and um, you know finally uh, connected that each and every day we're putting on um, our our vision. Uh, our purpose as a company to serve the customers and to glorify God. And he would start connecting the dots to say, I want to do both those things at the same time. Wow. So we have, we'd have, we'd post our most meaningful move for the day. That's going to be most faithful. That's going to make the difference, biggest difference in everyone's role. Everyone put that on our social channel in our, in Microsoft teams. And they post that and, and we're trying to get them to integrate their thought together. So you would say, I'm going to talk to this client. I'm going to help them move this project along. That's going to transform uh, the way they do business through technology. And I'm going to use biblical principles as I do it and try and talk about that and how it's, and ask them if I can share how this has impacted me. How did I go through the transformation in terms of how I worked with this technology and tell them that story. And then, um, and then how did, what was the meaning of that for me? And can I share my personal story? And so he was trying to integrate those things together as much as possible. It is a separate transaction. People don't hire you for your faith. Right. They don't do business with you because you're a Christian. They do it because you're bringing them benefit right. in the world. And because you're a Christian, you will bring them benefit and work excellently as into the Lord. Sometimes we forget that. Yeah. And so. He was well, unfortunately, to- it's not preached enough in church. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people leave Jesus in the car on Monday morning. You know, when they walk <laughs> they into work, they do. Oh. and and so uh, and I love what you're talking about because that transition again. What I love about this story is your transition over that decade. Not only did you start making the transition, but also how your how you went about it with your employees. That's really important for our listeners here as to how you were able to start making that and shaping that to where they were buying into that. They saw the greater good of it, right? I love what you said uh, as far as the mission goes or the values. There's joy in technology. <laughs> I got to tell you, brother, there's been many times that I'm not feeling real joyous when my technology isn't working, you know? <laughs> that, that's that kind of an oxymoron for me. So I love that's it. That's a great promise. <laughs> yeah, what your folks had uh, and bringing that, you know, because I, I would say, share with you that had to be a big difference for your company. <clears throat> well, it, it it did, and it was a big difference because it's it's uh, it's not something that's typical in the industry. It's unique, but it's not necessarily that we set out to be unique. We tried to discern what God has for us in the scriptures and how we're going to serve people well with the business model. And I get since I'm owner, I get to help define that, and I think it's a great privilege to do so, to define products and services that bring lasting benefit to people and allow me to witness to God's goodness. And so uh, that transformation doesn't happen overnight, and everybody, right. we, we first have to make profit as a company. That's stage yep. one. We have to then deliver on our promise in a repeatable way, and yep. then we'll be able to work on our lasting impact. So there's kind of a maturity step to that and rolling it out for people. Um, Yep. In terms of how to get a company on board with that. So and folks, profit. you want to stay tuned for our next segment because we're going to go into a deeper dive on that. What uh, Tom really discovered with all that and this model that he was talking about earlier and really putting some meat on the bone. But first, I'd like for you to text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword, be faithful. And Thomas has got a freebie for you. It's a free training plus consultation to define your faith stewardship. Wow. So again, text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword beautiful. 
And Tom is going to give you a some free training plus consultation. So that's got to be worth thousands of dollars, I'm sure. We're going to be right back with my special guest, Tom Dodds. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Tom Dodds, all the way from Minnesota. Uh, he has Thomas Dodds Consulting. And as we found in the last segment, we talked about a, a firm that he's had for going on 18 years, Slash Blue, which really led him into Thomas Dodds Consulting. So uh, <clears throat> what happened here, Tom, when all of a sudden this became a, an idea for you, an inspiration for you to really take what you had modeled, what you started to create and actually take that out in the marketplace? Well, I had a successful business slash blue technology business started in 2003. And then in 2013, clients started approaching me saying, hey, you guys uh, are much different from other our other um, partners. How, how do you do what you do? And I, I set out to start teaching a number of them to do that. And I found I really enjoyed it. Uh, and in 2013, I also started to dive into what is the theology of organizational leadership look like? When uh, the, to glorify God, to love others permeates what you do in your business. And so, you know, I'd already mentioned the parable of the talents is a big impact for me. We all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. That hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, and talents are everything that God has given for, for business leaders. It's not just the money we make at the end of the day. It's not giving away some of our time. It's that all the employees that we direct, we're directing their talents and abilities too. And are we doing them in a, such a way where we're faithful to the Lord's purposes? When we invest all that God gives, we gain joy from our master Jesus and the opportunity to do more work for him. The reward from the Lord's work then must be greater than anything the world has to offer. These talents, even riches or a name for ourselves, must be of significantly less value and the joy of the master that we're working for. So I resolved to work for that joy and to help others do the same. Of course, I'd run into conflicts, rolling up my sleeves. Things didn't go the way I wanted. I'd get frustrated in business. Everyone, everyone does that. And sometimes right. you don't get the results. But instead of gritting my teeth, I could rest in the Lord. I could praise, in the Lord, praise the Lord. I knew that I could find joy in the journey because of the promises I was reading in scripture. And it just illuminated before me uh, in reading them how I could live. And, and pursue faithfulness as God had called me. And so I also realized as part of that, um, that I needed a model to prioritize mm -hmm. my stewardship because I'd gone through and I'd seen how I needed principles. I needed to be able to make profit. I needed to, I wanted to care for people, deliver on our promise to customers. I wanted to make a lasting impact for God's kingdom purposes, but I needed a way to, to do all of that. And so, um, you know, defining the profit so that it's repeatable, defining the boundary conditions, uh, not only understanding what the outcomes are that I need for every stakeholder, but also the faithful activities. And that's really more key is if somebody like my technology guys, if they're doing the work, if they're building the technology plans, if they're executing the plans and doing the plans, they've got to trust the results are going to come because we've done it before and in a natural way. Um, we're going to get the result. Now, if we proclaim the gospel, God in a supernatural way is going to bring the supernatural spiritual fruit from that. And we trust him for the faithfulness. Right. And so what God calls us to is faithfulness. What employers are asking us to do is be faithful with the talents yeah. that we've got. So <clears throat> now, one of the things I want to, 
I want to find out from you, Tim. Obviously, you weren't going this alone because you and I got introduced through a great guy by the name of Bob Wilbanks up in Minnesota. Uh, but you had other brothers coming around you, too, and some guidance with us, didn't you? They, you know, iron sharpening iron? Well, I sure did. Yep. Yeah. Maybe you can share with our audience how important that was for you. Well, it was it was key as I as I looked to this. I mean, I hired I primarily I sought out to replicate myself and establish the next the next level leadership team. And so when I hired um, key people, I'd put the vision out there strongly. And because of the vision to glorify God, it attracted men in the marketplace and women who wanted to glorify God. So I was able to hire and build a leadership team around me. And that diversity of talents uh, came in and helped to sharpen sharpen things. And so as we as we talked together about um, how to glorify the Lord and what what results would lead lead to it, we're able together to put together the sequence in the model of of what what do we need to do to make this happen, and and to do that together. How are we going to glorify God in this particular initiative and to be able to test it together? So it was no longer only about testing uh, for is this going to be profitable, but can we uh, benefit our staff? Can we live our customer promise out? Can we benefit? Uh, the partners that we have, and can we glorify God according to our purpose? So we're able to then then test everything out, and right. it really helped helped us to get on the same page with it. And that the team, since I had documented the model and then could define the boundary conditions of it, meaning how much profit is enough, how much is too much, for example, um, then we were we were able to they were able to make those decisions the same way that I would, and I was able to turn over operations to them uh, in yeah. 2018. That's a great story, exactly, because people kind of wonder, well, how do I do something? So in your practice, your consulting practice now, Thomas Dodds Consulting, who's the ideal client for you guys? Who do you work with? I love to work with Christian CEOs, entrepreneurs, uh, owners, <laughs> presidents, the leaders of the company who are able to influence what kind of products and services, what kind of promises that they make. Um and those who believe that the Bible is relevant for business and they okay. want to be able to follow what the Bible says. So in the time we've got left, I want you to break down the, uh, you know, what makes a difference as far as uniqueness. You have six steps framework. So can you break that down for our audience real quick? Yep. So I mentioned that um, I think that to be faithful, we have to model our meaningful momentum in a, what I call the meaningful momentum model. That's results from every stakeholder, what order you do it in. And it's answering the question, um, that I mentioned earlier of why you do what, for mm -hmm. whom, how you do it, when you do it, and for how much. And so I have a six-step framework for doing that. One, I help uh, customers discover their purpose and then test those results with every team member so they all can nod their head and say, yes, I understand exactly what that means. Okay. And for every stakeholder. Number two, we design a scalable model where we eliminate the constraints. So we say, how much profit can you generate with this? We've got a minimum amount of profit so mm -hmm. that we can be generous, ready to share. We can invest in growth. We can pay our taxes and um, pay, pay people enough. And then we've got, you know, how much is too much? So we're understanding where the boundary conditions are of the organization and then where the constraints are. Like you talk about sales. A lot of times sales is a constraint. Get more sales and you'll get more done. <laughs> right. So that scalable model. Number three, we develop the capability uh, we assess people, processes, and resources needed to deliver results, how to be faithful. And then all those are tested, of course. Are they going to make us a profit? Are they going to serve people? Are they going to serve our purpose? Mm -hmm. and so after, after that, we define the scorecard to help people measure their progress with concrete measures that everyone can see and agree upon. 
Um, again, that's the key. A lot of times um, progress isn't measured on something everyone agrees upon or can see in the same way, and it has to be measured against that stewardship for every stakeholder. Then number five, we help them drive team rhythms. That's moving their team every week, every quarter, every year. So yearly planning, quarterly planning, weekly meetings to drive the cadence of the results and testing, Am I, are these faithful activities resulting in the fruit that we want to see each and every week for our business, both materially and spiritually? Mm-hmm. And then number six, we determine the results. We assess those. Um, uh, the business model, is it is it faithful? Is it continuing to be fruitful? And then we try to innovate and grow. Uh, so six steps, discover purpose, design a scalable model, develop capability, define a scorecard, drive team rhythms, and determine results. That's fabulous. Now, for anybody that's out there listening, how does somebody get a hold of you that wants to learn more about this, Tom? Well, certainly they can take advantage of your offer, the keyword mm-hmm. be faithful, and go to um, grab a free training um, off of my website, thomasdodds.com. And then they can request there to uh, have a session with me where I'll just help them define their faithful stewardship on a one-page simple model that answers those key questions. And I'll give that to them, no strings attached. Okay. So folks, I want you to get out there and text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword, be faithful. And Tom is going to give you free training plus consultation. So break that down a little bit. What are they going to get with this free training and the consultation, Tom? Well, I've got, um, I've got a one-page model that answers those questions, and I can uh, give them the training that walks them through how to answer that. And okay. then I'll reflect with them on those, on those answers to refine those so that they're clear as the leader what their stewardship is, that, namely how their conscience is leading them to um, steward all they have for God's kingdom purpose for people. And uh, we'll work through those together uh, so that they have clarity on that. And to get it clear enough so that they can test those decisions with their staff so that the staff can make the same decisions the way they would. Um, And they would measure it the same way. They would agree when they've got those results and which faithful activities are going to produce the best result. Okay. Do you have a a quick story for us? Is there any of your clients that have have been able to to do this? Sure thing. I just uh, worked with a a founder and and CEO of a, a, a Montessori Christian school, 65 people. Uh, back in August, um, they had 20% revenues down uh, due to COVID and other things. And I worked with them with the six-step model over over three months. And then within four months, um, uh, well, by the uh, we finished the program. And then within three months, excuse me, the program took six weeks. And then uh, within the three months that followed, they were able to identify how, how do we simplify their um, their sales process to create better profits and to sell the the things that they were able to make money on. We restored uh, their salaries. They made an acquisition uh, and turned a daycare into a Christian school. And they were able to clarify their purpose, not only to advance the kingdom of God, but how they're going to do it with loving students who loved others, students who led others and students who were lifelong learners so they could test it. And then they could, they gained the confidence to lead with their purpose. Wow. Wow. Well, folks, you're going to want to stick stick with us here because I'm going to be back here in the next segment with Tom and we're going to round table mystery subjects. So you ain't going to know until you come back. So you got to come back and hear our mystery subject that we're going to take on. And I can guarantee it will be worth it because you got a lot of value today in my interview with Tom Dodds. Uh, he is also the owner of Slash Blue, and I'm sure he wouldn't be upset if you went out and checked out Slash Blue if you have any technology needs. 
Again, I'm Bob Blavert, Faith Marketplace. Get out and check us out at faithmarketplace.com. Got lots of resources out there and some new announcements will be coming up within the months to come too. So you want to stay tuned to that. So we're going to be right back with Tom Dodds. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Tom Dodds of Thomas Dodds Consulting out of Minneapolis. And we're going to roundtable the subject because we talk about all these great things and conversion and all the stuff that he's done. But the fact of the matter is there's some barriers. There is some real difficult challenges sometimes as a CEO and a business owner. Certainly, Tom has gone through that. I've gone through that. So, Tom, I'm going to throw it at you. What are you, what are you seeing as some of these barriers and some of the challenges these folks have got to get over? I think there's a really, there's a big one that um, a lot of Christian leaders I talk to have never been taught about work, what it means to glorify God. It's a, it's a term we throw around and, or perhaps um, not even the fundamentals of business. You know, American management practices focus a lot on profit. And so just reorienting as a business leader around what the scriptures say about it to, to help understand the principles and consider others as we consider ourselves, considering love for the Lord. And so we, as we start to learn, and in the Bible, there's no, no shame in that. It's just trying to figure out what the Bible says and reading the Bible more about it and having the faith that God is working for something um, greater than, than we can always uh, uh, see. And so, yeah, but you know, there, there, like you that. said before, and I, I've seen there's fire drills, right? I mean, all of a sudden you're in the thick of this thing. You're really down in the weeds. It's really great to talk about that kind of stuff, but how do you take a breath? How do you really take and reorient yourself or being able to say, you know, get some peace within the, you know, the storm. Uh, I think that's a lot of what's going on frenetically in our society and particularly the, the demand on performance all the time. Like you said, it's on the bottom line. It's about the money and all that. So how, how do you, how do you navigate that? And how do you get, uh, you know, leaders to kind of step back from that and, and really kind of look, uh, work on their business instead of in it? Well, so first we talked about describing a model for meaningful momentum and helping them understand the purpose of the organization. When they're clear on that, they can derive and understand how to spend their time. And so for the top leaders, they really have to be getting ahead of their team members, understanding the meaning in the world. So that's to helping to define um, that meaningful momentum model, their purpose, people and profits, what their impact's going to be for the stakeholders. Um, once they have that clarity, then they can align their life around it, how they spend their time. And I think the biggest key for CEOs and their discipline is who gets their time. When you become right. a leader, you know, once you're past the startup phase, say one to 10 employees, right? you're not doing as much in the business, you're leading others. And then your work is all dependent upon your calendar. And so <laughs> it's not taskless anymore. And you kind of have to flip your calendar from trying to manage your task list of things that keep growing. And the more responsibility you have, it's way more than you can do. You have to flip that and say, who am I spending time with? And where am I leading them? And where am I creating leverage uh, in the resources that I have? And so I, I encourage CEOs to block out time. I call them focus blocks to focus on the work that's most important to them. Namely, what's the meaning in the world? Where are we investing our time, our talent, our resources for our purpose, people and profits? And um, how am I developing other leaders uh, to grow and to be faithful? And right. uh, how am I challenging them to do that? And then um, 
Yeah. And so those are some I, of the big things. Again, those are all great platitudes, but the big the issue is how do you do that on <laughs> okay. a daily basis? You know, I mean, that's a that's you know, and I'm just being honest about it. Uh, you know, there's a Absolutely. lot of leadership gurus out there. There's a lot of this stuff that goes on out there, but it's in practice, it's harder to do when you're in a firefight. You know, and I know you you faced that too, Tom. So can you I give guess. us a, a nugget when you were faced with that kind of uh, adversity, the challenges, and all that? What did did you stop and pray? What did you do to to really get up above that? Well, you know, when I, I talked about the concept of focus blocks, and I think you have to you carve time on the calendar for focus, um, and you have to just start doing that and let some of the fires burn, right? Because your <laughs> focus time is focusing on preventing the big fires. Right. And you're going to, when you start working on that, the rest of it starts to die down over time, but you got to carve the time. Right. Uh, and and uh, you can evaluate your time. What am I good at? What What is it that only I can do? The discipline of saying yes to things that only I can do. And if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need help with this, you say, is there someone else that can help you with this? Do I need to help you with this right now? And and you can ask them, put it on them. They might say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go ask this guy. Or I'm going to try to figure that out. Or yes, I do need help. So we want to be able to help people as leaders. But helping yep. them at the right time on the right things makes a big difference. And keeping keeping the key disciplines uh, for the leaders. You know, when I when they focus on their their task, uh, I always pray when I start that, and I ask the Lord to help me, and I stop at the end of it. You know, the the Bible says pray without ceasing. We're also supposed to meditate on the Word all the time. So I keep yep. a promise in front of me. Uh, during the day. And I pray about that when I begin a task, when I end a, ta end a task. Yeah, that's task great. Great advice. And uh, yeah, I love that. I do similar, similar thing called time blocking, you know, particularly yes. with sales yep. reps. They got to have time to think. I don't know about you. I'm a bit, bit senior to you, but you know, uh, back in the day before digital and technology where it's 24 seven, you had a little bit more time to think because things were done more manually and you, there wasn't an expectation that was going to be done instantaneously, you know, everything. And I think that's part of the issue today that I see is that everything's got to happen right now. You know, everything's instantaneous. And a long time ago, I had a mentor that tell me, you know, you know, really be discerning about what is really important versus urgent. Just because it's yes. urgent on somebody else's part or important on somebody else's part, that doesn't make it urgent to you. And, you know, we kind of wandered away from that. But uh, I, again, to your point, that time focus is something that I emphasize with my clients is the fact that, look, you got to took a block time. And more importantly is that time is sacrosanct. Nothing interrupts that That's time. Right. That's that right. is That's just exactly like a meeting right. with a client or whatever. You've got to respect that time. Exactly I also right. talk to them about when's your biorhythms the best? When are you at the highest point of energy? If you've got a project to work mm -hmm. on, what Great time advice. of day is that? And, and be able to block out that time. And it's not for hours. You know, if you can focus, and the biggest thing is focus today. Everybody's ADD, you know, so yep. focusing on something. And I don't care if that's just 10 minutes, but give it focus time, you know, to be able to do that and get through it. And what you said was very profound because other stuff just goes away. You know, um, my, my deceased partner used to have something that he would take and put in basically in A, B, and Cs. Okay. Yes. And basically the A things were the most important things to do. And I learned a lesson from that as far as all my emails and everything I go through. I flag all things that are important, something that I got to take care of and all the rest of it just trips away, you know, or I delete it. And then I, I sit there in the B category is stuff that needs to be done, but not right now. Okay. And then C is uh, if it happens or we get to it or whatever, 
he had a wonderful theory. If it laid on his desk more than four days or five days, it wasn't important. <laughs> so he got rid of it, you know, which I think is, is to your point, you know, is how do you do this focus thing? But again, to your point also, we're just so compressed today with everything. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you're espousing, look, you got to take time to think. You got to take time to go through this. And, and, and one last thing I'll share with you, or I want to pick out of you is, do most of the CEOs and business leaders you uh, are engaged with, do they really understand their purpose? Can they articulate their purpose? No. Okay. Uh, it, takes, it takes some time to reflect on that, and it takes time to iterate on that and test it. And um, some business models allow for direct presentation of the gospel. Others don't. Some right. it's much more covert and it's it, uh, in terms of uh, giving money away and they might might fund some causes. And so it requires some working through and some testing uh, over time. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Because we all know that doing doing business with integrity is, is helpful. So, you know, if people just iterate on it, they can get, they won't get meaningful momentum overnight, but they will get consistent year over year growth like I've gotten employee satisfaction in top companies in the world and serving um, people with in the name of Jesus Christ and the gospel will go forth. You'll be able to figure that out like I have. You know, I think you said something very profound earlier that your the employees rallied around the promise of the company, you know, and that was big because getting people to get passionate about something, you know, especially work, you know, that it's just not a nine to five job or it's just a job to make money, that it's something that they really can get involved in and get passionate about. I can't believe we're running out of time, folks. I could, we could talk about this for a long time, but again, this, we're here at Faith Marketplace every Saturday, noon to one o'clock on AM 1160 here in Chicago. There's a downloadable app. You can listen to it from anywhere in the world and go out and check out our podcast. Those are all on faithmarketplace.com. We're going to be back here next week with another fabulous guest. So I want you to just tune in next Saturday here on AM 1160 uh, from noon to one o'clock. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.